Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out those websites, silverbirchranch.org or nicolaybibleinstitute.org, and see if we can't serve you or your family with one of those programs. I'm talking again with Mike on the program we call Younger Older, and I'm the younger one, so I feel kind of frisky. <laughs> and uh, actually, I think Mike, with his new heart plumbing, it's friskier than I am these days. I think I'm a little jealous. I probably need some new plumbing myself there. I, I'm not sure. But if you didn't listen to the last episode of Younger Older, I invite you to. Uh, we have gone through some very interesting times here at Silver Birch Ranch where Mike has gone through open-heart surgery, and I have gone through some surgery. My wife has gone through some cancer. We've just been through some very interesting months and right. years here right. in the last couple of years. And so what I thought we would do is get together and talk as some that are a little older and see what we've learned to try and help those of you that are listening to this program, some of the things that we've learned and encourage you to walk with God intimately today, to enjoy him, to enjoy people, to put your priorities right. Because when you get our age, we're not smarter than anybody else. We've just lived longer. So here's what we've learned. Sure. And, and that's yeah. what we're about. Now, you went through surgery, open-heart surgery, about four, eight weeks ago. Uh, yes, yes, it'd be uh, eight weeks now. Okay, and and so now you're back looking spunky and thin and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and, and ready to... Yeah. Uh, Feeling much better, yes. Yeah, continue your modeling career, and by that... <laughs> And by that, I mean modeling Jesus to everybody around you. So yeah. if you hear me say modeling career, I am not talking like Hollywood. We're talking about, you know, we're all in a modeling career. Yeah. Well, we're, I've got a face made for podcasts. Yeah, there you so, go. So it's, yeah. it's good that we're doing yeah, this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, so that's very good. <laughs> now they're throwing cameras in some of those podcasts. I know. So we're in trouble. No cameras in this one. Uh, but as you uh, went through, you, you, you get told about your heart. This was kind of a surprise. Yeah, well, you thought you when I went in for the catheterization of the heart, you're thinking I'm just going to get another stent and I'll be, you know, up and going in a matter of a day, you know, yeah. and everything going. But when they surprised me and said, no, you're going to have open heart surgery and we're going to do so, a, bi a double bypass, that, you know, kind of put me on my heels and it yeah. got my attention, you know, right away. So, so immediately, I know the mode, and you talked about it. Yeah. Immediately, you think of your wife, your children. Yep. You want to communicate with them. You've done that. They all left now. You're by yourself. Where do your thoughts go? Well, your thoughts, uh, you know, your thoughts run. Um, uh, you know, I was surprised at this. Let's put it this way, because your thoughts run back to, well, Lord, you're doing something. You're doing something here in the life of, of my life. You're doing something in the life of my family. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how the outcome is going to come, but I know that you are at work. And uh, and you sit back and you, you just kind of like, um, you just trust in that. He's at work. Right. Why? There's nothing I can do. You know, the, I've got great doctors that are going to be working on me. Uh, you know, wonderful nurses that are taking care of me. Uh, all these people are, you know, I'm having these great conversations with. Uh, you know, a couple of them, I, you know, I talked about Christ to them, and, uh, but <laughs> they were already Christians. Yeah. <laughs> so, you uh, but you could always come through that whole process, and it was like, God, you're working something here, and I'm very thankful for that. Right. You know, and I, but I don't know what it is. You know, as, as I went into the surgery, it was like anticipation of what's going to happen. You know, yeah. how is this going to, am I going to wake up in heaven? 
or am I going to wake up? How am I going to wake up? You know. Yeah. Now, your surgery like is much more prone to the, those kinds of thoughts, I think. That, uh, probably any surgery, people should be thinking that. But yeah. your surgery in particular is, once they put me under, am I ever going to be back on this earth? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you wonder. And yeah. you did have that thought. Oh, yes, you have that thought, but it, it was a thought of, but in the midst of it, it was there was no worry. In the midst of it, it's like, well, what's going to do, Lord? I mean, right. It's kind of like, you're going to leave me here or you're going to take me home. Either way, I win. Um, right. If the way I looked at it, you know, I could still spend time with my family. And either way, your family wins because yeah. they're believers and God isn't going to abandon them. Yeah. This is not time for panic. This is a time to demonstrate again or to model the fact that you're at rest and at peace with what God does. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was strange because you're seeing all these nurses come through and uh, aides come through and you're talking with them and, and they look at you kind of weird. Right. It says, uh, <clears throat> one, I remember one gal that came through and, and a uh, uh, wonderful nurse, just a fantastic lady. She just looks at me and says, are you sure you're okay with yeah. this whole thing? I mean, and she says, most people are kind of worried, upset. You know, they're kind of And anxious. you're asking for ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I'm I there. know you. Yeah. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just that's cookies? exactly right. <laughs> Got any cookies back there? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So they're, they're sitting there and. We're going through this discussion, and there, there's. Oh, I had one uh, aide says, "You're different." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, "Why? Why is that? What do you mean I'm different?" And he says, "Well, most people are pretty upset about you know what they have to go through, and uh, this is before the surgery now, and and um, and you, you're not worried at all about this." And I said, "Not really." And I had a chance to witness to her. I said, and "Here's why, you know," and we went through that whole process, but. It's a, you know, it, it was a very comforting feeling uh, in the midst of it. So I, it was okay. It was all right. You know, I think, again, the, the, the play that we had that we begin with is calling you a model, and, and that's really what you were. You and I are models. Yep. It doesn't matter where we are. God gets to put us in a place where people can observe something, and either our relationship with him is what it should be or it isn't. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage, man, you're listening no matter where you are today, you could be going through a drive through at a restaurant, you could be working at a factory, you could be the president of a Fortune 500 company, or you could be sweeping up at Walmart somewhere, and you're <clears throat> a model. Yeah. Don't ever think you're not a model. I, I remember a, fr a friend of mine who uh, always had a joke, he used to wear a T-shirt that said, yes, I am a model. <laughs> and I thought, whatever reward, I just would laugh because it's like, yeah, I know. Like, like somebody actually asks you that, you know, yeah. you, you, are you a model? No, yeah. you're not. <laughs> but not that kind of model. But you are a model, and yeah. that's important. And mom and dad listening today, you're a model to those children. If you're a teenager, you're a model to the people in your high school or your college. If you're in a workplace, you're a model Think of yourself. Now, models adjust their life to display the products properly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's what we do. We yeah. actually adjust our lives to make sure people can see God accurately. You know, yeah. that, that's how we do it. Now, models will do everything. They exercise and they stay a certain, you know, we do the same. We walk with God. We model it. And that's, this is your big chance in the hospital. Well, yeah, it was kind of funny because there's, 
there was nothing contrived about it. Right. You know, you don't sit there and say, well, how can I model Christ to these people? I better behave this way. Better. Right. You don't even think about that stuff because the foundation has already been laid with Christ in previous years of your life. Right. And you sit back and you just, it just comes out. It just oozes out of you. If you love people, you start talking to them and you start asking about their families. Are you married? Uh, you know, any kids? And right. These, so these young aides would come in, you know, and they'd tell me about their boyfriends and that type of thing. And, you know, I tell them, are oh, they treating you right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that type of thing. And we go back and forth and they'd laugh and we'd, we'd just joke around. And it was like, it was just normal stuff, you know, that you go through. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have heart surgery. Yeah, yeah, I could die. But yeah. I can't control it, so now <laughs> there's moments, enjoy this. There's moments where you were just silent by yourself, even coming out of surgery. Oh, yeah. Did, oh, that did, was... did God speak to your heart oh. at all? I mean, there's some times where you just... It's not that God's verbal or anything necessarily, but, but there's times where his message just seems clear to his children. Yeah. He, he, was there anything like that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He blesses. Uh, there was a blessing that uh, came out of that whole thing. Uh, I'm, uh, the first thing I, I heard was uh, a nurse say, uh, uh, he's coming out, you know, uh, and I, you know, that's all I heard. And then I, then she says, squeeze my hand. And I was able to do that. Wiggle your toes. I was able to do that. And, uh, and the nurses, I heard the nurse talking. And then I had all these tubes in me and everything sure. else, you know, so I couldn't talk much and uh, type of thing. And then uh, when I opened my eyes, uh, here's my wife's face, you know, staring at me. And Dave, I can't understand what happened next. Uh, I don't understand it. My conscious mind is sitting there basically saying, you know, there's Renee. You know, yeah. there, there she is, you know. And, but deep down from within me, a place that I never, uh, I, I didn't know existed. Let's put it that way. I don't know how else to say it. But deep down in your soul came this overwhelming sense of gratitude. And I tried to, I tried to say the words thankfulness. And I don't know why that word was chosen, but, and I tried to dismiss it consciously saying, what's going on? Stop this, you know, and it wouldn't stop. It was just gratitude, thankfulness, thankful. And, and it just oozed out of me it, from every direction in, inside. And it just, I, I, I couldn't, I got to the point where, Lord, this, are you talking to me uh, this way? Is this what's happening? You know, and, I remember just giving up trying to say anything and just laying there and, and on the on the recovery table and I'm just laying there waiting for uh, just enjoying this this sense of gratitude and it went so deep and so so uh, long I mean it just I tears flowed I mean down my face you know and uh, and the, the nurses were you know trying to wipe the tears off my face and it was like uh, I, I just sat there and it was a, it was a very peaceful but but a session of just of gratitude. Mm. I don't know how else to say it. And uh, gratitude for probably a lot of things. Yeah, I, it didn't even it didn't even identify the source of or why I was having gratitude. Wow. but I was it was like just be thankful. Just be thankful. It was, it was the thinking that just it, it whelmed, overwhelmed me again and again and it came in waves. Like grief comes in waves, you know, when, right. you, when you grieve. This gratitude just came in waves. And I'd, I'd cry, and, and uh, then, it, you know, it, it let up, then it'd come back again. 
And uh, it was just, it was like the, from somewhere deep inside, uh, it's like the Lord spurred me in my soul. Now I'll be thankful for what I've done. Right. Be, you know, and I, it was just like, be thankful. Yeah. That's where, that's your job right now. It's just to be thankful. Yeah. And, and you just sit back and you go, Lord, <laughs> you know, even he has the power to control uh, the inner, the emotions of a man uh, and bring about the right response I should have for what just happened. Right. I wonder if he did that because you weren't capable of knowing what went on. That could be. I, you know, when I yeah. think about it, I think about, you remember in, in probably the oldest story in the Bible, the book of Job? Job was not capable of knowing what was going on. Yeah. yeah he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he, he had the right responses. You had the right responses, but you're still not capable of knowing what's going on. You you don't know, and I don't know, what Satan was planning, what he wanted right. to do, how he wanted to, to destroy your wife, your grandchildren, your children, how he yeah. wanted to destroy your reputation, how he wanted to, who knows what. You know, I'm I'm talking as if I know something, but here's what well, I know. here again, go back to what you just said, that, you know, there was complications. Right. Afterwards, I mean, there was some bleeding right. that was happening, and they didn't know where it was coming from. So I was losing blood internally after the after the surgery. Like I said, the surgery was at seven o'clock. They told me I'd be awake at one. Okay, well, they didn't wake me up till nine thirty at night. Right. And uh, and so there was something that was going on during that time. And uh, later, my wife told me that you know she was skipping down the hall and singing. Uh, when they said that uh, we sent the surgery, surgery, uh, surgery team home, then she knew, okay, everything's going to be okay now. Yeah. We don't have to reopen him up and try to find this bleeding thing because it stopped. And, uh, and I did not know what was going on during all that time. Right. You know, something, some sort of maybe a spiritual battle, I don't know. Something was happening during that time. But uh, all I can remember is... is my wife and son were there, and uh, and uh, they were going through a battle, right? You know, praying for me, um, you know, trying to understand what was happening. You know, uh, there was probably a lesson being taught in their lives. Oh, absolutely! God places win-win yep. game where everybody wins if you, you listen. You bet. Yeah. And uh, and my other two daughters were. I mean, they were on. Uh, you know, on the on the FaceTime with my right. son, so he was communicating information to them, and so the whole family was being affected in many different ways. I don't know exactly the purpose of what God was doing in that time, but He accomplished it because this gratitude just flowed out of me. Yeah, and and it was like, Lord, I don't even know what for sure what I'm 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 grateful for being alive. But I don't know what for sure what is really happening here. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, let it happen. You know, and I might suggest again to the listeners that that doesn't happen by accident. You you need to know God and walk with him. Yeah. And as you walk with yeah. him, you're used to communicating with him. You're used to being somebody who talks with him. And, and, and you go into surgery like this, it's not unusual to go in calmly because you actually are thankful for the medicine, but you trust in God. And you've always yeah. trusted in God, yep. and he will come through. And I don't know, with you, um, Mike, I don't know what the battle was, but at the end, God wants you to know that you won. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was really that simple. The battle was won. Yeah. And and that's where you stood, and he was just saying, 
you know, maybe someday I'll tell you, but right now just be thankful. Yeah, exactly right. And it, it happens to them. It happens to this day, not to the extent that it happened on the recovery table. But, you know, I, I, I'll just be driving home or I'll be, you know, uh, <laughs> doing my cardiac rehab and all of a sudden it pops into your head, you know, hey, gratitude, be thankful. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You, you know, it's weird. You know, years ago I was diagnosed with narcolepsy and then I got re-diagnosed without narcolepsy and now I have insomnia or whatever. But yeah. Whatever it is. But there are times where I just close my eyes and, and I'm not really asleep. I'm aware of everything that's going on, but it just feels so good to be in another world <laughs> and close my eyes and I just do it. But so often when I do that, immediately my brain goes and says, I love you, Lord. Yes. And it keeps repeating that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I have often wondered if during those moments, God is not just protecting me from something. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, all of a sudden, I am overwhelmed with this. I have to close my eyes. I have to just dismiss myself from the world for a few minutes. Yeah. And as I do, my mind immediately goes to repeat this phrase, I love you, Lord, over and over again. And, yep. and, and I've thought, okay, even if I try and stop it, it doesn't stop. Right, right. No, so, so there's something there that's being done to, you know, I, I'm really not sure. I can't figure out why now the only thing that comes to me is the fact that there is this spiritual battle that goes on all the time mm -hmm. and you and i really are not aware of everything that's going on we're we're not aware of the fight we're not aware of the victories we're not aware of the 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 things being slung around the room at this point you know i mean we're just not aware of it because we're protected and um and we're protected by the love of God and by listening to him. And we're protected by his hand. And I think there are moments where God lets us know that. Well, I think it's, you know, you look at the word and the word uh, comes out, you know, comes into your mind. Okay. And you, you know the word. Okay. As you study it, and you keep learning it going on. But there's a point, I think, in every Christian's life, and especially to our younger listeners here now, uh, that may, um, this may affect them because you, you know the word, but there comes a point where you apply it to your own life in a personal way, that God helps you orchestrate that process. Now, how is, you know, I could tell you right now, I'm a more grateful person today because of what happened on that, on sure. that recovery table. Yeah. And uh, I'm a different guy from that standpoint. I find myself thanking God for so much more now than I ever did before the surgery. Yes. And it's not that I wasn't thankful for God before the surgery. It's just I look at it in a different way now. That that experience changed the way I the word affected me. Right. And uh, so without the word, I wouldn't have known that. Right. <laughs> okay. But but uh, without that, uh, the word becomes more alive. Absolutely. In the process. And I just uh, you just as a younger person, again, it goes back to what we said in the last uh, the last uh, program is you turn into that you turn into that conflict that that emotion you turn into the problem uh, and it's going to hurt yes but it's, it's you're going to you're going to have a deeper relationship with God when you're all said and done absolutely so uh, trials are good trials are good they are. you know I want to read Psalm 91 yeah. at least part of it maybe all of it to our listeners because for me Psalm 91 has uh, some very critical truths in it Psalm 91 I'm reading it. I, I went to the NLT version. I normally don't use the NLT. Oh, sure. I just did it for the fun of it. So if you'd like a different version, you can read in it, but I'll read in the NL, 
NLT for this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are for your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that strikes in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Mm -hmm. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Now, just going through it, you went through... What does that sound like to you? Oh, there's there's so much that uh, that I can reflect upon when it comes about diseases and uh, and pestilences that yeah. you it, don't worry you know don't fear that. Uh, I, I found myself kind of following through, uh, you know, these words and saying, "Hey, that happened to me." Yeah, yeah, that happened to me. Right <laughs> yep, there, it, Psalm there ninety-one. Is, there it is. That happened. Yeah, I and encourage our listeners it. get into Psalm ninety-one. Yeah. You know, let me let me just. The, the word shelter there could be it translated to secret place. Yeah, yeah. Every single person has a very private relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And and you meet with them and you talk to them. And you might as well be totally honest with them because he knows whether you're honest or not. It doesn't actually matter. You can't fool them. You can't tell them everything's cool when it isn't. You might as well just talk to them about what's on your heart. And, and really, Mike, as you describe things, you're talking about you, you were able to, in those quiet moments, just be in your secret place with God. Yeah, yeah. And even when you came out of it, it was your secret place with God. Exactly. He was, he was, he was demonstrating. You know, other verses, Psalm thirty-one twenty. In the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife. Psalm twenty-five thirteen. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. Just his soul abiding in well-being, in a secret place. So there's this place in life that is totally where you can rest. Mm-hmm. And it's not in a hospital bed, and it's really not. It, you can be in a hospital bed and still be in that place. You know, it's kind of like we wrote the book on Psalm 23 and the shepherd. It's, it's like a, a lamb, if a, if a lamb will stay by the feet of the shepherd, they're okay. That's yeah. their place. Yeah, And that's what we're being told here. I, I could see myself, you know, being at peace, uh, being protected. Um, yes, I got coronary heart disease, but he took me through that. I mean, he's, he, you know, I'm not to worry about that. Right. You know, there's, there's a plan he has for me still. And, uh, when you, I'm nearly 70 years old now and uh, I could easily, 
say, I've had a great life. You know, wonderful kids, wonderful wife. We've been married. Next year will be 50 years. And you sit back and you say, this is, what else could a guy ask for? Right. And um, and so he could take me any time. That's all right. Uh, but I sit back and I, I see how he he took these verses and uh, kind of orchestrated uh, that sheltered place. Yeah. Uh, you, under his wings, uh, protection. Uh, well, it's all there. Yeah. You know, we're not sure who wrote this psalm. It's either David or David and Solomon, or sure. Moses. Okay. <laughs> so we're not 100% sure. Right. There are scholars that believe that David wrote it. There are scholars that believe Moses wrote it. There are scholars that believe maybe David and Solomon combined to write it. But either way, those guys in their lives, mm-hmm. this is what they concluded, whoever wrote it, and yeah. God put it in his word. Verse 2 is, is interesting because it says, this I declare, I declare. In other words, this yes. is a truth. He alone is my refuge. My place of safety, he is my God, I will trust, trust him. Yep, yep, yep. Is that perfect or what? Oh, it's like, it's... no. So if you're listening, let me ask you this. What have you made your refuge? Is it your money? Is it your health? Is it your family? What is your refuge? Yeah. Because if it's not God, your refuge is not a refuge. Right. And you're going to experience that strife. You're going to experience the fear. You're going to experience the anxiety of uh, whatever circumstance comes that you can't control. That's right. And it's so you got to have that rock. you got to have that foundation. you got to have that abiding love that just flows from him to you. And you, the result will be a love that flows back from you to him. Absolutely. The Moody commentary on this verse says, Security is not in one's circumstances or personal ability but in God. Yeah. Very simple. It's not in our circumstances. Yep. Some people think, well, God, you've abandoned me because I have heart disease. Did you ever feel that way? No, never. No, because no. he didn't abandon you and he won't. Yeah, that's right. No, you never felt never felt uh, a sense of loneliness, never felt uh, uh, a sense of, um, of, of punishment. <laughs> you know, some, one guy even told me, he says, well, God must be punishing you for something. Yeah. No. Why? I'm, I'm pushing I, I, 70 and got heart disease. Yeah. What, what, what is so unusual <laughs> yeah, right. about this? So it's like, you know, where did that come from? You know, you had, that, that's, that, that's crazy thinking. Yeah. You know, it doesn't go against what, anything that scripture tells you because he loves you so much. Uh, you know, it, you know he'll, he'll correct you, yes. <laughs> yeah. Punishment? No. Well, I've always found it interesting when somebody thinks that when you get ill or, you know, you get older and you die that some, you did something wrong. It's like, yeah. you know, from a young age I've understood that our days are numbered and that God chooses the number. Right, right. You, believe it or not, when I prayed sometimes, I've thanked God that he didn't give me that assignment, that I'm not the one choosing when people die yeah. and how. Yeah. That's God's business right. and not, not ours. But I do guarantee you that you're on the list. Mm. You know, there will be a time that you will die and you will die from something because that's yep. how it works. Yep. And God uh, will not abandon you if you know him. Just for an example, I had a little uh, a little three-year-old that I just heard about this morning uh, died yesterday from an aneurysm, a mm. brain aneurysm, three years old. Yep. And so it could happen at any time, for any reason, with any cause. Absolutely. Mm. We need to know God. And if you don't know him, we encourage you. Yeah. Open the Bible. Turn to John chapter 3. If you are a believer... Look at Psalm 91. Read it through 10 times. 
yeah. and ask yourself, do you have a relationship with God that really allows you to have him as your refuge? Or is it your circumstances of life that you're trusting in? If it's circumstances, you'll know because you'll never be at peace. Yeah. Only God can bring the peace that Mike talked about while he was in the hospital. I'm Dave Wager here with Mike Jewell. We're at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.